Welcome to the STEM Sync Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal McLean, amplifying unique life stories to encourage and motivate people of color with an interest in science, technology, engineering, and math. As a black female engineer, I found that a key resource that kept me encouraged along my education and career pursuits is something we often overlook and that is people. My hope is to leave listeners feeling empowered while gaining insight on endless opportunities along the STEM education and career pathway. Thanks for joining me today for a candid conversation as guests share their journeys and resources to help you reach beyond your untapped potential, connecting you to purpose. Now let's sing. Prototypes. Today's episode, I know I talk about every episode. I know every episode I'm like, I'm just so happy to have this person on here. And that's how I treat all my guests because they really do mean everything to me. This is a treat because this person I have known for the 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 Lord's has been like 30 years. 30 years. 30 it's, whole years. 30 whole years this year. Oh my gosh. Can you believe is, it? This is a interview, but this is actually a conversation between two women who met when they were in the sixth grade <laughs> in the hallway <laughs> so prototypes please welcome miss dolores king to the show um actually mrs dolores la mastra oh thank you thank you ma yes ma'am yes ma'am welcome thank you thank you for having me crystal girl i'm super excited for you can i can i take a moment Take a moment. Go ahead. I'm so very proud of you. Just so very proud of you and the things that you do behind the scenes, mm. the way you pour into people, the way you have poured into me, the way you have poured into my family, my child. Mm. The world needs you. And I just wanted to say thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Like <laughs> I, I was like little old me on a podcast. Like, Are you serious? Thank you, Crystal. Thank you for everything that you're doing. People do not know mm. how much you do and how far your arms reach now internationally. And that is the, the purpose of our conversation today. That is you the that is the purpose of our conversation. Thank you, everybody. Okay, I know the people listening like, I wish they were yeah, hurrying up and it. get through this. <laughs> I think so. I want you all to understand that Dolores is literally a sister to me. We met in the sixth grade, and it was because I went up to her because everybody was telling us that we looked alike. And it was just like, you know, is your, is your mm. name Dolores? Let, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's start with that. How you walked up to someone who you absolutely did not know in a place that you did not know. You were coming from a different school district. I was. So we had our little two, three friends that we, we you know, fed into that mm. school with. You had nobody. Nobody. I would have never, but <laughs> I'm so glad that you did. Me too. I'm so glad that you did. Me too. And that's what Oh man, this is this is a long time coming. Dolores is the person that I practice on when I first started this podcast. I was like, "Girl, <laughs> let me see if this is gonna work. Come, look, get on get on the phone and let's see if this is gonna happen." 
Um, so to have today's episode happen is just a full circle moment in so many ways because we've been through yes. so much personally together. As you mentioned, I am the goddaughter. I mean, I am the godmother of mother. your daughter. Um, I am the bride's, the maid of honor. At my wedding. Yes, at your wedding. And you were on FaceTime at the initial ceremony when we were both overseas. Okay. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this, this, this goes beyond just talking about STEM and how we are in terms of being engineers. This, this is seeing somebody for themselves and being like, man, we are so, we've been through so much and I'm so proud of you for your accomplishments and where we have gone. And Today's episode is all about living overseas because we both lived overseas. But before we even go there, now that we have doted on each other enough, and I know these people are yeah. rolling their eyes, I don't care. Sometimes you need to, you know, pour into your fellow person right. and make sure That's that right. they know how much they are appreciated. And if you haven't done that today, listeners, stop and go do that to somebody because maybe they need it. Absolutely. So Dolores, tell the people a little bit about yourself. A little bit is such a big word. That's it's going to so unravel as we have a conversation um, anyway. Okay. So let's start with, um, let's start with selecting the career that I selected. Can mm -hmm. we start there? You can start there. Okay. All right. So originally, as you know, mm -hmm. um, dear friend, I am into art. I love art. That's dear to my heart. Um, and then I, I'm a lover of, of people and a, a carer for people. And so my initial choice of career was medicine. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a pediatrician. Um, I got a little panicked and scared about what could happen. And, you know, if I, if I were ever to hurt someone or not be able to save someone, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to, to handle that in that, in that profession. So mm -hmm. I said, okay. What's the next best thing? So my next choice actually was biomedical engineering. Um, and then I took a chemistry course that changed my mind a little bit. And so I uh, didn't really like electricity, mm. wasn't too into, you know, the earth and soils. And sure. so I chose uh, mechanical engineering. That's where that's where I landed. So you and I both know we both attended University of Maryland, College Park, go Terps go always. Terps. And, and in that experience, I will say that um, it was challenging, yes. Mm -hmm. But I set myself on a path, somewhat not knowing where the path would take me, mm -hmm. but doing things with the hope that the path would take me to a place that um, would, would bring me fulfillment, yeah. right? So um, I think it's always amazing that you are such an artsy person. <laughs> I mean, Dolores is side. talented, y'all. On the side right now. On Her the side, side right now. She is so talented and in terms of the creative. And I think that's an interesting dynamic for you to still have the left, left brain, right brain thing where mm -hmm. you can toggle between both and find yourself, you know, a mechanical engineer going through these, these wonderful classes and things like that, but also on the weekend, making baby shark cookies um, <laughs> and dope cupcakes um, mm -hmm. and also getting into pottery, right? Yeah, um, right. That's my and, first life. 
Yeah, that is your first love is pottery. And so it's just interesting, I think, seeing you when you work and deal in the um, technical environment, because I think you still bring a, a, that creative side of you a lot of times to the forefront. Um, I try to. So mm -hmm. I, I do. I, I often think outside of the box. I am often not the popular opinion in the room, mm -hmm. but I think sometimes to myself, let's see the beauty in taking a different direction. That's let's nice. see the beauty in throwing a little artwork into this. Let's mm -hmm. see the beauty in I'm not able to really handle the issue at hand, but let me think about it from a creative perspective. And is that going to help me? find a solution so that's how I, that's actually you're right that's actually how I approach my work mm -hmm. um seems crazy sometimes but it, it also it gives me the chance to to explore and and utilize that that duality of the person that that I am absolutely so. and you show up fully as yourself to every situation and I think that's even underlying the importance of having diversity of thought in the mm -hmm. STEM community, which is, I kind of laugh sometimes because, you know, STEAM is a thing now, right? Within right. education. And I'm always mm -hmm. like, man, get that A out of here because y'all don't know the struggle of what it's like to be, you know, in, the, in these classes. But the reality is, you know, you are living proof of somebody who is STEAM where the art does make it a art difference in me. terms of how you are with everything. Did you find it hard to study in undergrad because you did have that kind of background, was it tough for you at times? Or do you feel like you just kind of went into a mode of, you know, this is my technical side and this is what I do? So I have moments where I try not to fight that mm. urge to lean towards my RT. So normally for me, if I if I'm struggling with something, if there is a challenge at hand and there's there's a solution that needs to be that that we need to come to, mm -hmm. but I don't have guidance to get to that endpoint. I don't I've never done this before or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And um I don't know how to get to the solution. That's when the creative thinking part of me kind of jumps in and takes That's over. I am when in the in the position that I'm in right now, we can get to that later. Mm -hmm. um, but in the job that I'm in, uh, I often don't have that guidance, mm. right? So I'm, I'm leaning more towards my creative thought now than ever before. That is still in the past as well. But um, interesting. yeah, it's, it's super interesting because I'm learning to, I'm actually learning to use that as a positive as opposed to like you say steam and a doesn't have a rightful place here right but yes right. it does you know yeah. let's let's explore that let's see what right what its place is and let's exploit that for what it is and let's get to these solutions however we need to get to the solutions absolutely because that's really what engineer, engineering and really the stem curriculum is about is getting to the solution and after mm -hmm. finding out whatever the problem might be is there a class at university of maryland that stood out to you as like you know what, this is stupid because <laughs> I would say at Maryland, the mechanical engineering majors are the most, the, the, they are the most in number. Everybody wants to so, be a mechanical engineer. Yes, ma'am. And, yeah. you know, but do y'all have some weed out classes? <laughs> yes, we do. And there are weed out classes throughout 
the program. Mm -hmm. So normally when you think weed out, you think freshman year, sophomore year. Oh no, you can get weeded out all the way up into your junior and your very senior is part of your senior year. (laughs) Because there were, believe me, that there were times where it was like, um, Mm -hmm. I even had a dean. I I don't know if you remember, we used to have to do these mid-semester audits. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, if you weren't on the up and up, then the dean would, you would have to do counseling with your dean. Well, I had one of those moments, full wow. transparency. I had one of those moments. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a difficult time for me during that time. My dad mm-hmm. had gotten sick. My brother got sick. I got sick because everybody was sick, yeah. <laughs> you know, just the stress of it all to kind of, kind of took me down a little bit, but, um, the Dean pulled me into his office mm. and he said, Dolores, you might want to think about doing something else. Mm. No, wrong statement, sir. So I said, sir, I remember his name, but to protect the innocent and the guilty. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I said, um, with all due respect, you might want to think about shaking my hand as I walk across that stage. Come on now. Mm. This was my, towards the end of my sophomore year I want to say because yeah my dad my brother had gotten sick that year before so I was still dealing with that and trying to get through plus study plus work yeah plus figure out life you know and so um I'll never forget it I I did some things and we're going to get to that in just a second about the, the path that I carved out some of it I thought I had all figured out others there were deviations but mm-hmm. that brought me to a great place mm-hmm. this overseas experience um but uh yeah, I said, I don't care how late it, how long it takes me, sir, mm-hmm. but you're, I'm going to shake your hand walking across that stage. And he said, you know what? I might not be the person that's on that stage for you to shake their hand. Who knows who will be up on the stage? And I looked, I lifted my head to the sky. And when I tell you, I said, that man is going to be on that stage when I walk across. And would you believe that he was, Crystal? I hear you. I said, okay, it took me an extra year to graduate college undergrad because I had taken a semester off to do a co-op and we can explore that in just a minute Mm -hmm. um took a semester off to do a co-op and took an extra semester took summer classes and everything because I said there's no one is going to tell me that I cannot do and in 2005 I looked up on that stage and I saw a doctor And when I got, I said, oh, this is, this is such a blessing because yeah. I truly like, what are the odds? What a full circle and moment. I walked up on that stage mm-hmm. and I shook his hand and I pulled him in and I leaned in and I said, doctor, mm-hmm, do you remember when you sat me in your office? He said, I will never forget you. Congratulations. Man, prove that man wrong. And you've done above and beyond great things okay ever since then (laughs) thank you friend (laughs) that's amazing that's a great story i i actually i don't even know i don't know if i even remember that that is a great story he i he was there are things that motivate people Mm -hmm. and for me that like you say full circle moment that was a moment where i was struggling to get to a goal And 
I learned in that moment that what motivates me is my ability to do and my ability to stick to and my ability to say, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I shied away from the medical field out of fear. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that anymore. And so when he said that, it was just more fuel on that fire to keep that fire burning to say, yeah, you're going to have those weed out classes. Yeah, you're going to have that exam that you might bomb. Yeah, you're going to have that that concept that you might not fully understand, but you have to fight it out and get to the end. Your, the the end, your path is different than the person next to you. That person might've graduated the semester before the other Mm -hmm. person next to you might graduate the semester after, but it's your journey. Stay on your path and do what it is that you said that you're going to do for you. That's excellent advice. I took five and a half years to get my chemi degree. And it was like, the light bulb went off one semester, like, why am I stressing myself out to do these 21 credits of engineering mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this and that? Give me these 15 credits to be a full-time student and get out of here. I mean, I was just going to take my time, 15 to 20 credits or whatever it is. But I mean, hopefully that's a word for somebody who's in college or knows someone in school that it's going to take time and your path is your path. But at the end of the day, if you have your degree and you're able to finish your program, that's all that matters. Because one thing I do remember about you is that you were also a commuting student that after, after some years. So after, after my dad got sick, I had exactly. to move back home. And it, so I was up early hours in the morning coming in for those 8 a.m. classes. Right. Sometimes I would sleep in the lab because we would be up doing cool and all nighter studying right. and I would be in the lab and I'd be like, Hey friend next to me, do you live on campus? Can I take a quick shower at your place? Yup. I would pop, hop in the shower five minutes and I'm back to an eight thirty class. Exactly. But that's what I told myself after being told that I could not, mm-hmm. that I will. I know that's right. You won't, you, yeah. you got to grind and you have a lot of those uh, moments along your career pathway. Let's talk about the co-op real quick, because that's something that we need to explore a little bit. Um, What prompted you to even go for a co-op in undergrad? So so that is a resource, honestly, Crystal, that I did not know about. That's your resource. That's That's, that's one of your resources? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's (laughs) one of my resources then. I I, I didn't even see how it happens just organically. I didn't even realize (laughs) that that was gonna come out in this but um but yeah that was a resource at the University of Maryland Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember the um what was it called the it was like a business office Mm -hmm. um it was very small yeah I remember yes it was like in the corner Mm -hmm. on the first floor and you could miss it if you blinked yes you could and so what happened was like I said pulling those all-nighters with my study groups and Mm -hmm. things like that I had a friend um, and he did it. I'm not sure how he found out about it, mm-hmm. but just from us working together and having an aligned mission, right? We were, we had our capstone project. I think they assigned your groups like the year before you were going to graduate or something like that. Um, and so we, we knew we were going to be working together in our last year anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, he called me up. He said, Hey D, um, I'm down here working for the government down in DC right now. My semester off is getting ready to be over and they need to fill a spot. Would you, would you want to, would you want to do this? And I said, sure. And I said, wait a minute, wait, 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 your semester off now, here we go with a little bit of background. My West Indian mother, Okay. (laughs) you're fortunate to go to school 
taken off where and taken off what period and no right happening (laughs) i had to think before i spoke Mm. to my mother about this um but i said hold on hold on hold on so you have to take a semester off you know give me the details what have you He, he you know so we talked on the phone a little bit about it and then he said um but it's but it it was a no credit course but kept you enrolled. Mm-hmm. So you didn't lose your status. So it wasn't like you were taken off, disappearing. You would have to come back and re-enroll. Those were probably the things that my mom would have been upset with me about because mm-hmm. it's an opportunity that you have that she didn't have being an immigrant, that her mom didn't have mm-hmm. not being an immigrant, you know, being back home. Yeah. So, yeah. So I said, you know what? Let's calculate this risk and let's go, let's go for it. So I told my mom, hey, I'm going to take this semester off. I'm going to be working in my field. And she said, oh, you know, if that's what you want to do, but if all crumbles, what are you going to do? You know, because I was all gung-ho about getting this this engineering degree and she was in full support of me. So she didn't want anything to cause a blip in in that process. So Mm -hmm, makes sense. He told me that I had to go to the business office and um, basically just uh, literally like a one page application. Then you had to submit your grades. I think you had to submit like a short essay about Mm -hmm. why you wanted to do it. And you, you basically put your name in the hat for different organizations or companies that are looking for internship types, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? But because they needed a spot filled, I was a shoo-in. Got it. So turns out, and again, another great big blessing, the person who was my supervisor at the time, the person who was doing, who was the hiring manager was a Terp. He was, he was, he was an alum. Come on, network. So that's where I learned about networking, right? Mm -hmm. So I went, I did the semester off. And after what close to to the end of the semester off, my supervisor asked, is there anyone else you might know that would want to come back and fill your spot? And we were having a conversation just like this in his office. And I said, you know what, let me think about other people that are in my group. He said, you know what? No, I have had you, the person who referred me, Mm -hmm. another guy and one he was hiring in that had already graduated. So he was getting just hired in all Terps. And he said, would you be willing just for me to keep you on the books? <laughs> would you be willing to work? What was the minimum? 10 hours a week, I think, for the government to keep you on their payroll at the time. I said, you know what, Crystal, I'm a commuting student already. Yeah. I still have to study right? During the school year, I'm still going to be pulling these all-nighters. I said, let me think. And he said, and if I'm able to keep you on the books, that would make it easier for me to hire you on permanently after uh, Christmas. Jesus, thank you. <laughs> and what agency was this? GSA. Okay. And so I said, okay, I'm faced again with a risk. Mm. 
So I'm doing my my engineering. I'm doing my calculations. Carry the one. I'm doing the integral. I'm doing the Laplace. I'm doing all these things with my life, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, yes, Mm -hmm. I'll do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will do that. I started out as a GS4 co-op. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what year was this? 2003. You have been a federal government employee for 19 years? Ma'am, yes, ma'am. But I've been your friend for 30. Come on now. Why you ain't tell your friend about these opportunities back? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually did the same thing, except I um, I worked for FERC. Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, and I work part time. And I, you know, oh, idiot me. Now that I think about it, don't say that. They they tried to the guy. I remember the guy saying, "Would you want to get hired? Like you could get hired here after you graduate out of college." And oh, I I don't know why at the time I did not stay on. You know what it was? I love internships and co ops, but sometimes people don't really show you the truth of what your job entails at these locations. This is true. I feel as if I did not have a good read on what I was going to do there because during that time, I really just did administrative things, not knowing, oh, you all are really like getting into, you know, liquefied nitrogen gas or natural gas or nitrogen gas or something like that, natural gas. And you are the ones who are controlling the energy and, you know, all the stuff that probably would have been, you know, totally up my, up my way and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, yeah. all things happen for a reason. And that's why I'm on this path that I'm on now to I got into the government, you know, years after that. But, you know, it had to happen that way. But I'm glad I'm telling you, things have to happen. The things way have to happen the way happen. they do. Absolutely. And I, I, I always get on your case about that and other some other things where you beat up on yourself I'm and you say, my business yeah, I'm telling the church people business, I'm, telling my business. <laughs> I'm going to get on you. We're going to have this full this full clarity moment um, that your path is beautiful in spite of what decisions you may. Huh? What if I had mm-hmm. no? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you are where you are, and that's the same thing for you. You are where you are. So you get into the government, you graduate, and yes. what has your federal career been like thus far? <laughs> so I'm you talk about, about sometimes we don't know exactly what we are charged with doing by the organization. Mm-hmm. This is just a, this is just a part of life. This mm-hmm. is just a thing. Right. Did I know that back then? No. Mm-hmm. Um, am I learning that is a little bit more of a reality now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was young and looking at things as they came, like, okay, is this an opportunity for me mm-hmm. right now? And I say this to you all the time too. And if I find that it's not the opportunity that I thought it was, what's my exit strategy? Yeah. Or what's my next one? I say this all the time. Like I, I always have an exit strategy. I want to say, even since we were younger, just mm-hmm. hanging out, you know, when 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 people started driving, I always wanted to drive because I was like, I when I'm ready to go, here. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Or or if something ends up happening. 
you know, and there's an emergency or an urgency and we, Hey, hop in, we got to get out of here. And that's that's just, that's just how my mind works. So, um, so from GSA, Mm -hmm. uh, young little engineer learning everything about everything or trying to, I was working in, uh, the, the heating plant, central Mm -hmm. heating plant, downtown DC, that serves our Smithsonian compound. So yeah. So learning some real stuff, like in, in real life, like you have this size diameter pipe, you have this type of fluid, you know, all those calculations that you do Mm -hmm. when you're in school. And then when you get to see them in action and things go boom, Mm -hmm. like literally, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Something Mm -hmm. literally went boom. And I happened to be out of the office at the time when it happened um it was unfortunate because some people got hurt Mm. but um learning that okay fluid a mixed with fluid b Mm -hmm. should not happen and then it goes boom yeah i saw that in a book but to see it in real life was like okay this is really my job this is why you're really an engineer this is is why why we get paid what we get paid in order to make certain that safety is a thing correct Mm. Correct. so how long were you at gsa Four years, four and a half years. So um, again, think of me as thinking outside of the box, Mm -hmm. artsy person, what am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. What's my exit strategy? Yeah. I didn't have an exit strategy going into GSA because I just thought that it was such a blessing. Like somebody chose me from not even knowing me and all those things. And so fast forward four and a half years, by that time I had, I had Samadhi. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's my daughter. By that time I had her, I was pregnant while I was there at GSA. And I told myself, I want more. Mm. And now I have another person that needs more. I want to do bigger things. I want to author my resume. I don't want to just write it. Like I want to author my resume. So I want my resume to go concentric circles, little, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a, a little geek. bit bigger. I am a very geek. much a geek in my concentric mind. Concentric circles. Concentric circles. I mean, we're talking engineering, right? Right. I STEM. can't stand yeah. you. Okay. But that was a good so, word in terms yes, of authoring your resume. Circles. I want to author my resume and I want to expand it and not in just a certain write it. way. I like that. Right? Mm-hmm. So... I said, okay, I'm doing these repairs and I'm doing this construction and I'm doing these renovations and I'm doing these things. I was a project manager, construction project manager. And so I said, I'm I'm within four walls. There's a lot of pipe. (laughs) There's a lot of big mechanical equipment. Uh, There's more to life than just piping and mechanical equipment. I equate it to like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like always underground. Seriously, like we were in tunnels and everything. I'm serious, Crystal, always underground Mm -hmm. (laughs) and always within four walls. So I said, it's time for me to build that next concentric circle out. Okay. So now I want to do things where I see things building vertically. So I started applying Mm. on USA jobs. I wanted to stay a civil servant because, you know, that afforded me the opportunity to keep the the investments and things that I had already in for my four years. Did you start? The GSA as a as a four? <laughs> or I did. did they, oh, really? I mean, oh, I know you started let's, that in the let's co-op. Talk about that. Or did they I just bump the, you up? Right. So mm-hmm. I started as the co-op. And, and again, 
I will give this shout out to my supervisor at the time. I will not reveal his name, but I will tell you he was my supervisor and he had a lot to do with helping me along the way. Mm -hmm. So I came in as a four. When I graduated about a year, less than a year later, I automatically turned into a five. Mm. And then he put me on a ladder. He put all of us that he hired in from University of Maryland on ladder because he wanted to keep us. Five, seven, nine. So I did my seven, nine, 11, 12. Awesome. I never, I never realized my 12 at that job. I didn't realize my 12 until I got to the Navy. Got it. So let me take a pause real quick because people who are not in the federal government don't understand, may not understand what we're saying. Correct. These are our salary. The general scale, general schedule is the salary brackets um, that the government has. Uh, and it looks different depending on what kind of job series you are, meaning you're like your job, um, how you're identified in the system. And then you go up, you know, the scale like Dolores is talking about. And they have some ladder positions where you may come in as a five, but every so many um, years or a year or whatever have you, if you do well, then you will go automatically get bumped up to the next bracket. And you can't, you can come in higher. I came in higher, but I also came from private industry, which helped right. me to go over to a higher um, grade in the government. So I came in as a 12 in 2008 mm -hmm. because I was already in private industry and they could, you know, go and you say, got well, experience to, exactly, to yeah. exactly. So it's a little different. And so for her, from her, for her to go from a four to a 12 in mm -hmm. that four year span, four and a half year span is amazing. And mm -hmm. so you started applying for jobs with the Navy and, yes. or just applying for jobs everywhere. I just started applying for jobs. And the I, next I thing you know, cast your net wide. Cast your net <laughs> so wide. I applied for everything. <laughs> and then you ended up with the Navy at the Navy Yard? No, at. Out of the Navy Yard. Out so of the Navy Yard. We were attached to the Navy Yard. That was where our headquarters is. And I was at the Naval Research Lab. Okay. And so you were a construction? In construction? construction manager. Right. You were a construction yes. manager during that time. Yes, ma'am. How long were you there? <laughs> 12 years well okay this is where it gets interesting this mm -hmm. is where it gets interesting my navy my time with the united states navy spanned 12 years of that 12 years three and a half years were spent overseas the last three and a half ish years of my career with the navy were spent overseas let's talk about this overseas moment yes, let's, let's get, get to, to the it. juicy part what made you even apply for a job overseas, Dolores? Crystal, you know me well. I have always, always, always said, I want to live and work overseas. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to live and work any and everywhere. Just saying that, not knowing how I was going to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Ever knowing how I was going to do it. But that next concentric circle of applying for that job to come work for the Navy. I had no idea that that job that I accepted would afford me the opportunity to do something that I've been saying since we were 11 and 12 years old. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I wanted to see vertical construction. That was my goal going into it. Mm. That's what I ended up doing for about, I want to say about eight. I might be doing the math wrong, but about eight years here in DC, 
And then I, st- I, I had another concentric circle moment where I'm seeing these random emails come from headquarters, come from, you know, they send out mm-hmm. solicitations of interest. Yeah. And I saw one that said Spain, actually. And at the time, my daughter was very young. And so she was at a babysitter. She never, her babysitter didn't speak any English. I studied um, Spanish. Yes, from middle school all the way up through high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had friends from all walks of life and from all cultures. So I Mm -hmm. always was trying to use my Spanish and (laughs) keep my Spanish. Well, my Spanish blossomed when my daughter was with the babysitter. Mm -hmm. And it was my coworker who heard me talking on the phone to the babysitter mm-hmm. about something related to the baby. So my vocabulary was pretty extensive about baby stuff, right? And mm-hmm. during that time, and he said, you're bilingual. I said, no, I'm mm-hmm. just kind of lingual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, you know, there are jobs um, overseas. I said, yeah, actually, I just saw one that said Spain. And he was mm-hmm. like, you would, you should do it. And I was like, huh? <laughs> Right. Cause you're just like, is this really even a possibility? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was seeing the stuff, but I was like me. Yeah. Sure. Picture that it's a yeah. dream, but am I actually going to do it? Right. And so that's actually how that came to be Crystal. Okay. But you didn't end up in Spain though. I didn't end up in Spain so that the plot thickens. Yes, it does. So what happened? Well, okay. So for these jobs, right. When they're advertised with, um, the federal government, for overseas, the Navy in particular, because that's what I'm speaking to, you still have to compete for them. So I still had to go through an application process. Mm -hmm. Um, I applied. I got a call back. I did an interview. The last question in the interview was, so when would you be available to come? And I said, well, maybe in about four months. I need to line some things up here, get my daughter situated Mm -hmm. and figure out how that's going to go. Because at that time, when, um, when people accepted overseas positions, especially in Europe, Mm -hmm. they were having to go to different locations that were going to be unaccompanied. So I wouldn't be able to take my daughter with me. Good point. If, If I were to take her overseas with me, I would have to leave her with a stranger because I would have to be going to on assignment to another country where I couldn't take her because mm-hmm. of the risk involved. Yeah. And so that's what I was thinking through. And again, I went all the way back to my thought about medicine and my thought about how to make decisions for myself. And I said, wait a minute. Ugh. Oh, should have just said yes, right? Like how you were talking mm. earlier about what should I have done? Yeah. You know, I could have had that job at FERC. So I look back and I thought, okay, well, if they call me back, they call me back. You know, they didn't call me back. <laughs> what happened? They didn't call me back because they, they wanted someone to say, I'm ready now. Even wow. though it takes months, it still takes the process, still takes months for you to get overseas through mm-hmm. this process. But they wanted someone to say, "I'm ready now." Where was this? This was a yeah. This was a position in Spain. In Rota. Yep. Oh, you actually interviewed for I the applied, position. Interviewed. I was. They told me I was one of the best qualified for the position. Yeah. All of that. But it was that last question mm. that they were like, "When are you ready to start the process?" We want somebody just, a little bit more eager. 
Yeah, I and I know for you, as you kind of already mentioned, family is everything to you. And everything. I was even surprised that you were entertaining it because of your family being so tightly knit. Mm-hmm. I was so proud of you for even considering it. And mm-hmm. what I remember is I was in New York, upstate New York for work. And I remember us having a conversation it was around September 11th. I always, I will never forget this. Mm-hmm. I guess September 11th, 2014. And we were just having a whole conversation about overseas. Let's just do it. Let's just go overseas. Let's just apply for jobs overseas. Mm-hmm. Cash in that why? Yeah. And you definitely did not allow that experience to let you down. And next thing you know, you apply for another position. I did. So I had applied for, I was continuously applying for yeah. new opportunities, my concentric circles. Right. Oh, and so, <laughs> and so, and so I, uh, I, I said, you know what? I, that, that was a missed opportunity yeah. and that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I had the experience of interviewing the interview actually went very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I said, I'm going to continue to apply. We'll see what happens. So it turns out the same coworker who was encouraging me to apply for Spain ended up applying to that very job. And that very job, it, it's a job, it's a, what we call a billet. So it's, it's a job that has a job description, but can be placed anywhere within the area of responsibility of mm. Europe. So he applied to that very same job because it stayed vacant for a little for the a little while Spain? the one in Spain okay but the the position was now already filled in Spain okay but that vac- but there was a vacancy for the same position in Italy okay in Naples or in the- Naples okay in Naples and so you know he comes into work one day and he's like oh D you should have told those people that you were ready to come and yeah. you know I'm going now I'm upset because yeah. I'm like, right. not upset, but you know, like yeah. feeling, feeling bad about myself. True, but it was a learned op- so, it was a learned experience, and you needed it. Really that. was Absolutely. it really was, and that next time, change the game. You changed the game completely. Mm-hmm. And so he went over. Um, he was inviting somebody and I over quite often to come visit he and his family, and uh, we we never made it over there. But towards the end of his tour, mm-hmm. there was another solicitation of interest. He sent it to me. And I was like, is this for your position in Naples? And he was like, well, it's in the area of responsibility in the AOR. So if you want to go to Europe, then, you know, mm-hmm. apply to this. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, so I sent my resume and then I said, well, you know, it's been some weeks and I haven't heard anything back. This didn't happen the last time. And he said, email this guy mm, network so I, again the network. network yeah the network so i emailed the the person that was on um a different solicitation of interest and they wrote back and said okay if you're still interested then we're probably going to start looking at people pretty soon but please stand by just kind of open-ended like nothing mm-hmm. to stop your life over yeah. so i just continued applying to other jobs and continued on with my life and whatever so actually went on a vacation that August. I hadn't told you about it yet, but I told you I was applying and I think mm-hmm. I was telling you, hey, you should apply too. Yeah. And so- um, Which is a conversation that ended up in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that conversation did end up in September because 
towards the end of August, I remember because the kids were getting ready to go back to school Mm -hmm. and I went on um, a cruise with some friends and we had all of our kids and got back Crystal to a voicemail. I wasn't supposed to be at work that day, but I said, let me go in since I'm here, I'm back here. Let me go in and just check my email and voicemail so I'm not swamped come Monday. Mm -hmm. Glad I did. Yeah. That person that I emailed had been trying to contact me while I was away on vacation. I mean, I had my out of office and everything up, but he sent me a second voicemail saying, if I don't hear from you by close of business today, I'm going to assume that you are no longer interested in the position. And I'm thinking to myself, but my out of office is on. You got to know that I'm not ignoring you, but it's just how things happen. Mm -hmm. And so with the time difference, when I tell you I was moments away from missing people leaving the office over there because they're six hours ahead, I was moments away from missing making this callback. I called back and I was so happy. I, the man probably thought I was crazy. Uh-huh. The excitement in my voice. And yeah. I said, yes, 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 yes. I'm still interested. What do I need to do? Right. And he said, well, you know, it's Friday. I'm on my way out, but we're interviewing next week. Let me check my schedule. The only thing I have open is Monday. Mm. No time to repair. Mm-hmm. So you have no choice but to go in with your authentic self. That's right. And so, Something they don't teach you in the interviewing classes, in the resume writing classes. They don't teach uh, you all that. That's a whole nother conversation about how we don't really no preparation of how to do this career thing. We just kind of go in and over time we are taught by experience mm-hmm. of what needs to happen. But, you know, I'm, I'm working on a, little, on a little something in order to to make that a reality for people. You know what I mean? Good. And better. this is the perfect platform to do better. So do you applied, better. you enter, I mean, you, you end up interviewing, obviously. I did. Did a great interview. I did. And next thing you know, you get hold a on, hold on, hold on, hold on. back okay. up. Okay. Back up. I got that last question again. Oh, yes. Tell yes, yes, when, yes. When are you able to report? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said if you send me a ticket right now, I'll be on the next thing smoking. Come on, different answer. <laughs> and he just laughed. I, I said, I'm sorry. That that may have sounded unprofessional, but please let me qualify my statement. And I explained to him what happened mm-hmm. before. He said, I think he said something like, um, I, was it family feud that they would be like, good answer, good answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was like, in, in the words of the game show hosts or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that, good answer. Yeah, and because said, okay. being on the other side of things now, it's like overseas opportunities are plentiful. However, mm-hmm. people aren't always as eager to get overseas because Correct. of the, the, the transition and the level of so much that has to go on. And people, it sounds good when you're applying, mm-hmm. but once you're actually given the opportunity, it's like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? So it sounds very glamorous. It does. But there are some parts that can be quite daunting. Absolutely. Um, and so I, how and was that transition? That com- oh, I'm sorry. At the end of no, that no, conversation. No, you're good. Yeah, Hold how on. was that so the conversation, Let me just finish how the conversation ended. So. Mm-hmm. He, um, he said, okay, so do you have any questions for me? But actually let me start to give you some information. And that's when I knew it was in the bag. Okay. So he said, um, 
there are some things that are going to be challenging. So he shared me, with me a couple of the challenges. And he said, um, you mentioned something about having a, a daughter earlier. And I said, yeah, I said, I'll be coming over just myself and my daughter. And he was like, okay, we'll have resources ready for you. Mm-hmm. Here are the things that we can offer. That's Here are amazing. the things that we don't have. Yeah. You fill in the in-between. I just want to be fully transparent with you. But based off of the conversation we had, I just think not from a professional and technical standpoint so much. But yeah, I mean, I because check these those boxes. Matter. These things matter in the overseas environment. So mm-hmm. he said, I want to be very clear with you and let you know that this interview went really well. I really like your enthusiasm. I like all of the things that you shared with me about the multicultural backgrounds that you were exposed to. You're going to need that when you get over here. Mm-hmm. And it was true. And over here is where? In Sicily, Italy. Sicily, Italy, y'all. So you know how you're learning your geography and, it, and mm-hmm. it's like Italy and then it's the boot and it's kicking something. Mm-hmm. It, was, so it was kicking us. It was kicking <laughs> Sicily, you know. Mm-hmm. You do great, do wonderful how was the transition for you both professionally and personally? And actually, let me let me add this. Dolores and I left at the same around the same time Almost within the same time. a week so or was, two. I was of getting each ready other. to do that. Yes, within ma'am. a week or two of each other, I yes, am ma'am. at the airport telling her it was a week. That's crazy. Telling her goodbye because she's going to Sicily and I am headed to Japan, mainland mm-hmm. Japan, Yokosuka, Japan, about an hour and some change outside of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. and we were both just kind of mm. going through it at the same time and that's crazy again 30 years of friendships and we're continuing to have this parallel path of experiences mm-hmm. which is amazing to me if you could give the experience of transitioning into italy sicily what with one word what would it be can i just use four this girl okay use four it's not for everyone. Hello? Tell the people. I need it for. I just need it for. I'm Tell sorry. Tell the people. And why is it not for everyone? It's not for everyone. Sicily. I'm going to speak for Sicily in particular okay. because that is where I was and it is now near and dear to my heart. Um, well, I'm going to say some things for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I'm going to say some things that some may find off-putting, but you know, we're here. We're here to be transparent. That's right. Um, it's a wild place. It is. The, it's like there are rules, but they're suggestions. That is such a great way to put it. There are rules, but the rules are definitely suggestions. Um, there may or may not be processes. Mm. And if there are processes in place, they're suggestions. Which is totally opposite of my experience going to Japan. Exactly. There are rules and there are processes. And you are going to stand in this line and get into this process. What line? Spell Crazy. (laughs) Yes, totally. We had such, we have such parallel existences. Mm -hmm. But so very different at the same time. Exactly. So let's get back. Like, can we step back for just a second Mm -hmm. to where I didn't tell you that I had interviewed for the job yet? I don't think. Did I? September. That was the time when we both. That's right. It was. It was like that first week in September. It was September. And and I remember you telling me about it. I think I dropped it on you in one of my weird ways, like text. Hey, girl, 
I'm about to go overseas. This is how you drop stuff on me. <laughs> the thing is, I actually had applied for a job in, oh my goodness. Um, it had to be Singapore. Before. Yes, that's what it was. It I was. wanted to go to Singapore. Mm -hmm. And I had, did not get an interview. And then I applied for the job in Yokosuka mm -hmm. and interviewed for it and didn't get it. And so my mine was kind of around like November, December timeframe. And I remember being so hurt that I get, didn't, did not get the position, but they called me back and mm -hmm. said, hey, if you're willing to go down a grade to get to come overseas, we have another billet right. for you. Well, I later found out the reason why is because the person who was in the billet was promoted up to the position I had previously interviewed for. Right. And yeah, so I ended up going overseas. And let me say that sometimes when you switch positions, it's worth it for you to have to take the pay cut. Mm -hmm. Because there's another aspect of things that you can't see on the other side. Because Just yet just yet and it's it's more about the experience and so the lord talks a lot about risk taking mm -hmm. and just kind of saying you know what yeah let's go and that was a risk for me as well mm -hmm. um and i agree with you overseas is not for everybody it was glamorous up until the moment i was at the gate by myself mm -hmm. crying because i said i it. can't believe i'm doing this talk and I'm, about and for me i'm doing it by myself right single yeah no kids not married and it's it's a lot on you when you're having to make these heavy decisions to to do it and a big thing i think people need to hear about moving overseas or living overseas is very uncomfortable and you have to be okay with being uncomfortable for an extended period of time right we were lucky in that department of defense pays for your living expenses right. you are very well connected in terms of moving and mm -hmm. having resources afforded to you, like Dolores mentioned, in terms of, hey, here's this, here's that. But there's still some areas where you have to figure things out on your own, where you're going to live, you know, how right. your safety and all this other stuff. So every overseas experience is different. Again, we're talking about it from the federal government perspective. Correct. And there are just a lot of benefits that come with it. So people always say, like, how was it living in Japan? I love Japan through and through. Everyone I've spoken to has said that they love Man, Japan. What? I, um, I love Japan through and through. The difference factor, I think, is, but I also still had little America in the middle of Japan in the, and that safety. In the base. Exactly. And working yeah. for, for the Navy, for the military base. So, okay. So continue on as far as your experience in terms of your transition like so my transition um like you mm -hmm. I had my moment at the gate mm -hmm. but even before I had my moment at the gate my most defining and difficult um decisions mm -hmm. were definitely based around my family because I'm very close to my family mm -hmm. so me making the decision. And like you said, Crystal, people thinking that, you know, you're just up and going overseas. That definitely wasn't it. I had a safety net in the Department of Defense right. with the resources that were afforded to me with the, um, a bit of, a bit of, uh, sanity, mm -hmm. like a, a bit of non-chaotic, typical Italian life that, mm -hmm. that I could lean back on. So that definitely made a difference. Um, but again, my family, I 
just like with the co-op. Hey, mom, I said it and I always said it. I'm going overseas. Yeah. And I thought that her response was going to be what? Like Mm -hmm. always. But she said, I fully support whatever it is that you want to do. We get it honestly, though, when you think about it, our parents are immigrants. They know about living in different places. Right. And And following what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And to be honest with you, that was one of the questions that was asked during the interview. Mm -hmm. What is your experience with living and or working in a multicultural environment? Mm -hmm. I said the multicultural environment is my existence. Period. That's it. And I think that's the caption that makes it so much more easier. I think when you understand that America is not the only place of greatness and there are other ways of living that are amazing Mm -hmm. and you can you that's the thing I want people to really hear from this experience and talking about overseas. And honestly, that's the whole thing about just having stem sync as a vehicle to help people along the pipeline. There are just, there's just so much out there that people just don't mm-hmm. realize is, a, is, a, is available. And if you would just be, mm-hmm. just become okay with being o- uncomfortable open. and yeah, being open, open to the opportunities, mm-hmm. it's just amazing things that are waiting for you on the other side if you would just say yes. If you right. would just say yes. And if th- here's the thing, if things don't work out, you can always go back to what you knew. Right. And right. that's it. And so, so let's talk about, you know, this whole process, you transitioned, you had the resources, you're working. What are some of the great things that you experienced while you were living in Siganella? So let's go back to the artsy me again. Okay. Right. I was into pottery into sculpting Mm -hmm. I was a little bit of a deviant Mm -hmm. um when it comes to my art uh not in a bad way just Mm -hmm. I want to I want to explore my creativity and I want to do what I want to do high school matter of fact I opened my yearbook just the other day and that's a lot of what people wrote about the naked man Mm -hmm. so I did my own sculpture of what I wanted to I wanted to see if I could replicate the David yeah I couldn't it's impossible. Right. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm nowhere near on that level of, of art street. Not anymore. But we were we were um, charged with coming up with our own assignment and and doing a, a short um, essay and discussion about why we chose what we chose to create. Mm-hmm. I said, I chose what I chose to create, and we're gonna get a little church on us here. Um because I like David. He slayed Goliath. I find myself to be a slayer. You know, if there's something that's coming at me that's saying that I can't, fast forward to college, right? When mm-hmm. someone told me I couldn't, mm-hmm. someone something's coming at me saying I can't, I'm bigger than you, I'm gonna defeat you. You could never. Mm-hmm. I'm, I like David. One day I'm going to see David. That's right. The David sculpture, not David mm-hmm. himself, of course, right? So I said, I'm, you know what? I'm going to Italy. And because I'm going to Italy, I'm going to remember that little dream I had, that big dream I had when I was little, when I was mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was defying things like 
You know, mm -hmm. if you want to do something for your project here, make this mug. No, mm -hmm. I'm going to sculpt a man, a human man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you got to see that in person in Italy. I got to see that. It, okay. That was probably the greatest mm. moment for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Um, I tell my husband all the time, like, wait a minute. Okay. Pause. <laughs> Before we get off this podcast recording, I need people to hear something because she just said husband. <laughs> <laughs> Dolores had a whole <laughs> eat, pray, love situation. Yes, music and all. Did you hear she said husband? I need y'all to hear this part of it. This is the juicy part of the whole podcast. <laughs> when you go overseas, you might get a man. Amen? You might get a mate. You might hey, get a partner. Hey, whatever your hello. preference. Come on, church. Because she was open. Mm -hmm. Dolores went with her daughter by herself and came back married. And had no intention of ever being married. Because I was perpetually single. And where's your husband from? Italy, Sicily. La Mastra. And we love yeah. Salvo. And we love him. And we, we love do. Salvo. We and love him. He's a great, great person. I'm certain that it's like, man, had you not explored that opportunity and put yourself out there, it wouldn't have I'd been. be perpetually signal, single. You know, that's not true. That's <laughs> not true. I would... The Lord allowed things to happen such to make it an opportunity for you to be able to meet your husband in Siganella. And he's an engineer true. as well. He and is a fantabulous engineer. And he's, an, he's another geek of an engineer as well. They, they have conversations and I'm just like, Why are what are y'all talking, talking about? Who cares about that type of stuff? But they do. <laughs> and if it was fashion. So you had all these amazing experiences because you're not going to talk about it. You you travel all over the place, right? You drinking yeah, wine did. became a whole, you know, connoisseur of I wine did. and knowing all the fanciness. That's why you're really bougie now when it I'm comes to what bougie. you drink and in the yes. Italian food. You yes. also became a amazing photographer, right? Yes. Well, I need to I need to I need to do that some more. Yes. Exactly. You became an amazing photographer. Yes. Samadhi thrived in school in terms of I athletics and things like that because she continued to do her gymnastics while she was there. Mm -hmm. You also found a part, an amazing partner. You mm -hmm. also thrived at work. You know, you had hard times at work, and I know that I, I don't. We don't have to get into all those details. We can if you like. But you know, you did amazing things in terms of pushing yourself because the opportunity was there, and you took it just like you going into that small office at University of Maryland and deciding that you were going to apply for that position at GSA and thinking about, man, you never, look where you are now, right? A whole right. life change and everything. And mm -hmm. I know that you and I both hold the countries that we worked in near and dear to our hearts. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that's really big for us is to get back because you're going to head back sometime soon um, and it's going to go back and experience your lovely uh third home really because Jamaica's mm -hmm. up in third there mm -hmm. yep. with your husband um soon enough what advice would you give to people who you know anybody who is considering working in an overseas environment again you you just have to be open and you have to trust yourself mm -hmm. you have to and especially in an overseas environment you have to remember in the situation, especially that I was in, we were mm -hmm. a guest in that territory. That's excellent. Um, we need to be respectful of the differences in culture. Mm -hmm. 
we need to be mindful of the fact that though on United States soil, we may know everything there is to know about policy, which we never ever really know everything, right? right? But we need to know as much as we can about policy, but understand that that policy transfers to the microcosm, but it's, it's still, sorry, yeah, my SAT words, I apologize. But um, it, it, they do apply to the microcosm, but there is still a host nation that has their, I, I ingest earlier, I say the rules or suggestions, but there are laws there. Um, safety was a big one that I learned about there that by far trumps the safety rules that we had written into our contracts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like we could have literally gone to Italian jail Mm -hmm. if we had done certain things or not done certain things. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people even in in positions of leadership that just did not know those rules and Mm -hmm. those policies and those laws. That's really good. So it became, yeah. So it became a burden on us who were managing the projects to kind of get smart on what needed to be done. And like, mm-hmm. like you said, I, I had some challenging times at work, but looking back at it, mm-hmm. I definitely learned so, so, so much about so, so, so much. Yeah. I think you learned a lot more about the people aspect of your career and that yes, position yes. versus the technical, the technical was there. Cause you, you know, had an amazing project, but I also believe that a lot of it was about life, life learning, life growing, Mm-hmm. in at work and out of work right and mm-hmm. and also in your your personal life and so you know your advice in turn in ter- or you know your thoughts as far as making certain people are aware that we're a guest mm-hmm. i would always say or the way that they taught us in japan was you're always an ambassador for the united states even though you don't wear the title and that's what you right. have to remember that people don't some people only know what they know about you based on television, especially being black. This is true. This right? talk about Which is it. a whole nother conversation about being a black woman in a in an overseas live environment and you know, having older Japanese people come up to me and touch my locks at the time mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take offense to it because they were very curious about curious. it. Curious. You know, Correct. rather than, you know, making it seem like it was whatever. But you know, these are the things that happen. And there's just a lot of little things that folks don't worry, think about. But again, we are ambassadors. We are the representation of, of the United States when we go into these overseas environments. The one thing I will say is I will tell people just to make sure you have fun. And I think- have a lot of fun. There's so much fun to be had. There's Dolores so much exploration. Lived her, her best rich woman life. I did. On the and boat. On a and- budget. Honey, on the budget, on the budget, but on the boats and at the beach. Okay. Hello. Doing it Hello, all. My life in a nutshell. Exactly. But you said you said something very key, Crystal. Like people touching your locks. I know I had one experience there. One of my first, very first experience. And I think I told you about it. Mm. Same thing. Young black girl mm-hmm. walks into a room, puts her things down at the head of the conference room table and says good morning i'm dolores king i am running this project Mm -hmm. this is my position these are the limits of my authority these are my expectations Mm -hmm. let's have a successful project that's right i i I purposely did it that way Mm -hmm. 
older Italian male. Again, cultural difference. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to something in just a minute, but cultural difference had a male look at me and say, so um, where's the project manager? I'm sorry. I just introduced myself and then went further to say so whose assistant are you that's really what I'm trying to ask you oh (laughs) I said well I understand your question and I understand that you're not fully understanding me maybe because there's a language barrier. And there was, because communication is a, another huge thing that we have to be mindful Absolutely. of. Um, and I said, let me put it to you a different way. I am the person who endorses your paycheck. Hmm. Ding, 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 the light bulb went off and it was like, hold on, wait, you can't possibly be the person who endorses my paycheck because that person should be either a white American male wearing a uniform or just not you, (laughs) you don't fit the mold. So I did have to break down those types of barriers Mm -hmm. and I will, I will, I'll leave you a nugget from that experience. And then the reverse, um, culture shock that I experienced. I don't know if we're going to get into that today, but the reverse culture shock coming back. Yeah. We're talking a lot about it was, um, was was probably worse than the transition going over for me mm. i will say um it, it I, over there i was working on cultural understanding mm-hmm. so i was thinking okay is this a racism thing or is this a cultural thing or you know going through those motions in my own head but it really truly boiled down to it being a cultural thing mm-hmm. while there Mm-hmm. And then coming back here, it wasn't a cultural thing. Mm. I had to relearn how to exist in the society that I grew up in. Can you imagine, like, imagine that. I don't know how this, how the experience was for you with, from that pointed standpoint. I know that we've talked about it, but that I had me torn for quite a while. I think that's really good to talk about the reverse into coming back and transitioning back to the United States. People don't tell you about that part of it. They don't tell you they about tell that you, part. They tell you, for me, li- you know, living in Japan, I drive on the opposite side. So they tell you about mm-hmm. having to get used to going back on the opposite side and mm-hmm. driving again and things like that. Um, and it was a little bit bigger for me because I came back to a different state. I'm right. not, you know, I'm, which is, has its yeah. own culture within itself. Right. And it was a very tough transition for me to even coming back to Hawaii to the point where I was like, I need a therapist. I need to, I need to talk this out with somebody because this is tough. And it's nobody tell you. Like it wasn't adding up. It wasn't adding up. So the same hardness and like the, the, the thoughts that I had to go through and making decisions when I left is the mm-hmm. same thing I had to do when I went back in terms of, gosh, I got to find a place. I have to do this. I have to do that. And right. I'm Ameri- you know, I'm coming back into America. So you thinking everything is okay. Then you're so accom- accustomed to a certain t- level of, you know, customer service and this, that, and the right. third out in society. And now you shift back to the United States and it's different here. I don't have to deal with as much in terms of the very open racism. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, again, this is, this is, 
a different culture a here. A different culture there. Um, Correct. However, it was just, I, but now I had to learn their culture and I'm still learning their culture. Um, and again, these are unspoken things that people don't tell you. So we're closing out this yes, wonderful podcast. We've heard about your amazing just transition into becoming a mechanical engineer. We didn't even talk about the fact that Dolores has an MBA. She decided to go get her MBA while she was um, in, I guess, when you were working at the Navy or GSA? Yes. Oh, working at the I, Navy. I started it at GSA and okay. then I finished it when I got to the Navy. Yeah. She got her MBA and, you know, she's, we've heard about the opportunities. You are working for the Navy, then you go overseas, you go and get married. And, mm -hmm. you know, do all that. Then you come back to the States. Um, what is a resource? And I know we talked about one already, but mm -hmm. is there another resource that you would tell someone as far as what would be good for them to know along their STEM pathway? So if, if someone along their STEM pathway is wanting to work overseas, again, I have to come from a place of understanding the Department of Defense way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there are there is more than the Department of Defense out there that yes, has overseas positions. If someone would like to go overseas with a bit more security than saying, mm -hmm. hey, I'm quitting my stateside job and I'm just hopping up and I'm gonna throw Figure caution to the wind. People do it often. People do it often, mm -hmm. but I, I I could not in <laughs> where I was mm -hmm. <laughs> in life. Um but I would say start with USA jobs for sure. Mm -hmm. If if you want to take the government path, yeah. Um, and look at places that are either associated with the Department of Defense mm -hmm. specifically, or uh, diplomatic agencies like like the Department of State. Okay, That's those good. places that is will true. always have a presence overseas we have embassies wherever we have a base mm -hmm. so um start looking there mm -hmm. and and take notice of what the benefits and requirements to be able to to exploit those benefits are when going through the government path That's so good. that would be my next resource and then my other resource is look truly a map in your heart because mm. I would have never thought that I would end up in it like just having talked through the journey with you today mm -hmm. I would always say 12 13 years old, I'm gonna live somewhere else and mm -hmm. I'm gonna work somewhere else and not knowing that I would actually be able to do it and the yeah. path that I carved yeah. out to be able to do so was just I'm, mm -hmm. I'm ever ever grateful isn't that crazy forever grateful well friend I'm forever grateful to you for going on the journey with me Crystal because yeah, you well, didn't let the people know that I I was busy telling you cast your net wide too. And then you hit me up in November. Hey, I got this interview and, mm -hmm. and hey, do it, be you. They're going to love you. And you're going to go overseas and look at, look at that one week to the day apart from each other. We set feet in another country. And who would have known that back in the sixth grade, when I decided to boldly come up to you, that that was going to happen. I love, I love Crystal. how the world works. Yes. What My name it? is Crystal. Um, People have been telling me that you look, we look like each other, but I don't think so. Me with my 11 year old self, I don't think so either. Uh, and why are you talking to me? <laughs> and now look at us. And now later. Look at us. Sisters. 
Well, friend, thank you so much for your time on this yes, episode. This was definitely a different tempo because I know a lot about you. And so the Let's questions see. were coming a little bit different, but I wanted you to really talk everything through. I hope that in talking everything through, you recognize how far you've come and how much you thank are you. really an inspiration for other people. Um, and even though I know that you don't think somebody is looking, she's looking and watching everything you're doing. And I look forward to just seeing her journey. And it obviously is going to come because you have done amazing things and you have given her such a great example to follow. So thank you so much for your time. I love thank you. you Crystal. I love you too. And, um, I look I'm forward so proud to... of you. Well, thank you. I, I thank and you. you're doing this, this right here, all of the episodes. Yeah. Hit me. I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying. Y'all, yes. y'all hear that? Go back and listen to them other episodes. Listen to the episodes. It's good. It's good. Yes. So thanks for joining us today, everyone. Until next time, take care. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you feel equipped and encouraged to stay the course along your STEM journey. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted and share it with your contacts. You can listen weekly on your preferred podcast app or by visiting stemsync.net. I encourage you to become part of the conversation to help cultivate a network of support. Feel free to submit questions and topics with an email to podcast at stemsync.net or messaging stemsync via Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks for the link up and sync up prototypes. Until next time.